0: You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It's your boy DM3 and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Nation, welcome everyone to episode 138 of the Winnie Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated Buffalo sports podcast, covering the Bills, Sabres, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter at Sports 716 and make sure you check out everything Built in Buffalo is giving you every single day. Best Bills content out there, YouTube, Facebook, it's a takeover, at Built in Buffalo underscore, and yes, I still call it Twitter, damn it. Just like I call the stadium the Ralph still. So we're rolling with it. We are your hosts, of course. I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, what's going on? The off-seasons come to pass. The opening games is the league's
1: last. Wake me up for the London game. Thousands of yards he'll pass on some Sundays right after mass. Wake me up. For the London game, here comes the fall again, the long season begins, reverse war of 1812, week six atones for our sins, as memories are made, of James Cook as the kids say slays, wake me up for the London game
0: green day wow green You're day familiar I, you know, I am of course i'm familiar with green day the, <laughs> right. the voices of a generation of punk rock angst kind of was that was good that was like a whole green song day, almost green day gets forgotten about yeah it was kind of long
1: and like long and slow halfway through it i'm like i should abandon ship right now <laughs> everyone has turned off their their no feeds everyone they, went loves to the, the parodies. they went to the regular radio in their cars
0: Everyone loves the parodies. The highlight of an episode, we really hit it like two minutes in. So <laughs> it's all downhill from here, folks. You know that, yeah. listeners.
1: Yeah, me and Bill's dad. Two of the most popular Bill's personalities because of our bits.
0: <laughs> yes, of course. And the Bill's Mount Yikes. Rushmore more uh, of Bill's <laughs> fans. It's you, Bill's dad, and then probably two random people. Who knows? Yeah. I thought we were going to go with, yeah, Panic at the Disco. <laughs> hey, look, Ma, I made it. Like, hey, look at, we made it. Finally, the NFL is here through the summer, through the dull months of just baseball, (laughs) we made it. NFL kicks off tonight, Chiefs, Lions, and I am ecstatic that football is back. Not just that the Bills are back. Of course, I'm excited to see the Bills and Josh and Steph and all the guys back out on the field, all our friends out back on the field in the red, white, and blue. But I'm just so glad football's back, Tony.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. It's a relief that it's back. We've been working and working and working. And what does the work look like? It's reading people's tweets. But we've been yes. working and working and working. And now we have arrived to a place... We're really going to see it go down. Where, like I said in the song, like priceless memories are going to be made starting mm-hmm. this week and months to years down the road. We'll be saying like you know that Gabe Davis pass against the Steelers, and we'll all know what we're I talking about that. because <laughs> yeah. they'll be in the zeitgeist. I do remember, and I'm only thinking about it because I just watched that Chris Berman. Uh, Bill's height video that Bill put out. I don't know if you watched it. Yeah, okay. I just, okay. I just did
0: like five minutes ago. Yep. Before we started recording. Yep. It was an, a really interesting uh, roller coaster for me watching the Chris Berman video because the first eh, 45 seconds, I was like, "Man, Chris Berman does not look like he wants to do this. <laughs> he Ooh, is really." Uh-huh. Uninterested and kind of phoning it in, and then as it started to ramp up, and he started to do the Chris Bermanisms, like the whoop and all those, yep, whoops and hollers, whatever. Then I started really getting into it. I'm like, okay, now I'm getting pumped up, but those first 45 yeah. seconds were rough, and I'm just like, Chris is just going through the motions here, he doesn't want to do this. I really,
1: I really think it's like your analysis was similar. I was like, I think Chris Berman just is not a good enough actor to do this mafia thing that we're asking him to do. Right. Like, that was, I think, just stretching his legs too much, flying too close to the sun on wings of the Godfather here. Pastrami? And a pastrami, yeah. (laughs) You know you know what I should have said? I should have said on wings of cannoli. Because I think a lot of people associate cannoli with Godfather. That would have made sense. That that maybe would have gotten us there.
0: Cannolis are great. You can't go wrong with a good cannoli.
1: A good cannoli ice cream.
0: Oh, cannoli ice cream! That is that's uh so so elite of you, Tony. Such an <laughs> elitist. Can you you can pay for cannoli ice cream? Look at you! It's real real yeah delicacy. I mean, you know how much <laughs> um, traveling
1: growler feeds me, so of course I can keep for it. You drinks yeah. cold.
0: That's true. I met it's, Chris Berman. It's painted in a lot of
1: forms. Okay, take me there, and then I'll tell you when I met him.
0: Uh, when I was younger, my uncle was up in the Connecticut area. We got a tour of ESPN studios. Because one of his neighbors was a cameraman for ESPN, and as we were touring, Chris Berman just happened to be there. So shocked to see Chris Berman live in person. A super nice guy, first of all. Second of all, much taller than I would ever imagine. He's like six four, six five. You would never. He's a think towering
1: that. man. No, I would never I, have thought that. I, have I was shocked. That. I had no. You have no reason to think that.
0: No, I mean, he's always. You always see him sitting at his desk during sunday nfl countdown or prime time or whatever so you have no reason to think so but i didn't expect him to be a tall man a little imposing towering over us so uh he is i'll do one better
1: he's six five yeah
0: is that what his official like bio is
1: yes that's not
0: surprising to me it seems six five yeah no you would, yeah. He's you very, seem very like tall. a stereotypical short, stocky, bald dude, a dim-witted bald <laughs> but no, man. No, that is not the case. But it is good to hear Chris's voice back and all the Burmanisms, as I mentioned, because that means the NFL is back. That also means fantasy football is back. Tony, I had my drafts this past week, and oh boy, did it go average at best. <laughs> what is the worst part about a fantasy draft?
1: Not knowing what you're doing. The moment you realize you don't know what you're doing, I would say the Which moment you realize, immediately... like. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. The moment you realize like, well, I need a, a um, you know, X, position. I need a running back and there are none now. So I'm boned for the season. That's the moment.
0: I think the moment is um, and it. It probably applies to everybody. But you target a guy, you see a guy on the wait list, and you're like, oh, I want that guy. And he gets taken like four picks or so before you. (laughs) Happens at least three times every draft to me.
1: If you're in a good league, (laughs) definitely happens to me. The worst part was when it happens with a loved one, like when my wife took players away from me last night.
0: Oh, wow. Inner house angst here.
1: Yeah. Some my conflict. Well, my soon-to-be former wife, I should say.
0: Oh, fantasy football does it again. <laughs> you know, the, the divorce rate is 50% in this country, and 50% of that 50% is due to fantasy football. Did you know yes, that statistic? Those are real,
1: uh, I think everyone knows because a statistic like that, you know, affects everybody. Everyone must know someone who's in that situation. It's just, it's just, Tale as old it's just science. Tell us all time,
0: well. beauty and the beast. Precisely. Tony, NFL is back. Fantasy football is back. The bills are back. They play in just four short days, 96 hours away from Buffalo bills football. We got a lot to talk about. we We don't have time for a long intro segment or anything. There is a man waiting for us. He is 90 plus years old. He is impatient as many 90 year old plus <laughs> men are. We got to get to him and we got to talk some Bills. Are you ready to talk, Buffalo Bills? Well, I. Preview this week one matchup?
1: Well, I better be because I didn't talk about my fantasy team or when I met Chris Berman. So we better get Marv on the air and it better be worth it.
0: (laughs) It's always worth it with Marv. Marv, take it away. (laughs) Listeners, we'll be back after the break. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back, listeners. A lot of Bills news to get into before we get into our preview and talk about the season opening Monday night football game against the Jets. Let's talk about some things that have transpired this week. First off, Sean McDermott naming a couple big starters, which I was surprised about, honestly, before we get into who he named and what positions. Listeners and Bills fans probably know what positions we're going to be talking about, but I was surprised Sean McDermott usually wanted to keep things close to the vest, especially if there's some unknown factors to it. You know, he, he likes to not tip his hand to the other team. So I don't know how much these three positions are tipping the hand, but I'm surprised he announced the starters this early. And those starters are Osiris Torrance or Cyrus o. Torrance, for some of you out there, starting at right guard. Christian Benford, more power, <laughs> <laughs> starting <laughs> at CB2. And, Tony, I think I'm reading this right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Terrell Bernard, question mark? Bernard? Bernard? What's he the really? starter of? The single bandit
1: on the forehead club?
0: Which <laughs> uh, is the, inse- the The young 20-year-old receding hairline club. <laughs> <laughs> Terrell Bernard, starting at middle linebacker. Tony, surprised by these announcements, Torrance always seemed like he was in line to start at right guard, played very well in the preseason. There's no reason to slow roll this. He seems a much better player. I don't want to say much better player than Ryan Bates, but much better fitted at this point in time to protect Josh Allen than maybe Ryan Bates is. Uh, Christian Bedford, I thought, with his late preseason push, deserves the CB2 job. Bernard is the big one. Maybe we'll save Bernard's thoughts for a little later because I think we have a lot to talk about with him because we didn't really get to see him in the preseason and for him to be named starter without that preseason experience, uh, it's a little iffy to me. But, Tony, what are your thoughts about Sean McDermott naming these three guys starters and uh, any other thoughts about just the position battles in themselves?
1: Uh, Similar to you, thought very surprised that He's even announcing it, that he's even addressing it. Why give them that? I don't know. Uh I guess for these particular positions, it doesn't matter. It's not like I don't I don't know how much you have to like plan against the unknowns on defense. You know, it's not like right. It's not like he's saying like, well, we're gonna have a speedy wide receiver over possession style wide receiver or something like that. Not surprised by Osai Oh by Torrance by Osiris Torrance. Torrance is that right? Osiris? Is that it? <laughs> is that is that his name? Torrance Osiris, Osiris is his Os- name.
0: Torrence Osiris, yep. Nailed it. Torrence Osiris
1: is the real name. It's really, it's name is it's really Osiris Osiris. Torrance Osiris. Oh, yeah, that's right. Osiris Torrance, yes. Because like we've essentially... Those, those used... Irish
0: names are tough. They're tough.
1: Well, yeah, he's Irish for sure. Because we've essentially used the combinations of the three names if O is one of the names. Right. We've essentially used that to create a nickname that may change at any times. Which really, I think, is what needs to be said out of out of all this. And that is that Benford, uh more power Benford, uh Cyrus O'Torrance, and Bernard are three of the nicknames that have stuck over time. So I think it's clear that the secret to success on this Bills team is the stronger the nickname from us, the stronger road to development the player has. This is clear with 100% accuracy in the science of this. Like, what's Elam's nickname? I don't even remember what it was. If we even gave him one, I know what Benford's uh, nickname was.
0: Unsleeved machete. <laughs> Maybe our worst. Oh, was nickname it really?
1: That was that's a that's a new nickname. I didn't know that was actually a nickname. That's just really more of a more of a, a
0: orical uh, description.
1: Ad, yeah adjective yeah. But I mean like the once they're drafted and we give them a nickname, the nicknames that stuck were these were these ones were were Benford and Bernard Bernard, and the Bernard nickname is like two people would know this reference you'd you'd really have right. to get yourself on pretty deep onto YouTube to
0: know this. I, I feel like, so, I feel like Bernard welcome, needs everybody. to lean into this a, a little bit. Remember like the Riddler and Batman just had like a question mark as his like moniker as this, is a symbol?
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Go on.
0: I'm thinking Bernard needs to lead into the question mark moniker a little more that that, that becomes like his persona because he is a question. He is mark. a mystery. He yes. is a mystery. We don't know anything about this man. I am still looking up his scouting reports from college because I know nothing about this guy in his year plus of NFL experience. All I know is NFL scouting report, uh, NFL.com scouting report has him as a average backup at best. Like that's literally his grade. It's a 5.9 prospect grade, a.k.a. average backup, which it doesn't vote like. And does it say at best? No, it doesn't say at best. But I mean, oh, that's, okay. that's 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 you. the okay. ranking is is overview. I'll just read it out to you. Undersized subpack subpackage nickel linebacker with special teams value on the next level. That's our starting middle linebacker, folks. Also, he is a mystery. See like, a we don't know. Linebacker. Interesting. We saw we really don't. All All we really saw him do last preseason was get beat on some routes by some four string tight ends and return a fumble for a touchdown when, like, nobody was, you know, within 50 miles of them. So, like, if I were the Jets, I'm immediately picking on Terrell Bernard. There, are Sean McDermott and Al Edwards and whoever is spearheading this defense are going to have to work some magic. Or this could be the biggest shock maybe of organizational history that Terrell Bernard, the mystery... Wrapped in a riddle. The biggest shock of the organization that he turns out to be good. Mm-hmm. Like that would be the shrewdest move of Sean McDermott's coaching career of hiding this guy all throughout training camp, all throughout the summer, all throughout last year. It's almost like you see these shows where they build like these military hero, whatever, from in a factory. And it takes them years to build like this super weapon. <laughs> like that's what I feel like the Bills did with Bernard. It's like, We've been building him in a lab for all of a year plus, (laughs) and now we're going to unleash him on the NFL. That's the only explanation I can think of. He has done nothing to win the starting job other than the fact that his competition was straight. Not good. I'll keep it PG here for the listeners. Like That's the only reason. If Dodson balls out this preseason or looks even average at best, I think Dodson is the starting linebacker come week one. Christian Kirksey, I think, is in line to be the starter come week two because i still don't have faith in terrell bernard we did the would you rather last week i think this is a good would you rather like would you rather go with this complete unknown in bernard and maybe that's the strategy like he's so unknown to everyone even the jets they don't know how to game plan around him or would you go with the evil you know in terrell dodson and maybe dodson isn't great in coverage as we know but at least you know he's going to be solid in the run game. Would you rather go with a known commodity who has his defaults or just this completely unknown in Terrell Bernard?
1: My would-you-rather answer is that I would rather go with Dodson. And the reason is because I've seen maybe it's not as consistent success as you want out of Terrell Dodson, but I've seen it, so I may as well get in the reps and everything because I agree with you I have a fear that the reason that Bernard has this job is because he said, well, at least we don't 100% know that it's going to be bad. Whereas with the other choices, we would know it's going to be bad. And so I do agree with you that he may be starting week one, but he will not be starting all the games. And the reason he won't be starting all the games has nothing to do with injury. I I definitely anticipate once Christian Kirksey is in and caught up and acclimated and ready to roll, that he's going to be in there, and it's only a matter of time. Because I really just don't have that much faith. And I don't have a reason to not have faith. I don't have a reason to have faith. I know that I've seen concerning things about Bernard, and I'm still concerned about him. But I also know, on the other side of the, on the, other side of the coin here, that the spot he's playing in, there's not like a lot asked of that player. So I'm, I'm hoping that they can design the schemes in such a way where there's not that much asked of Bernard and maybe Milano is so good that together they can do the work of two competent linebackers.
0: It almost reminds me of like the giants traded for Isaiah Simmons this off season. and Joe Schoen and Brian David were talking about Isaiah Simmons, not really having a position. Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? Is he an ed? Like, and they talked about how he's perfect for our system because we are just developing or moving towards positionless defense and it's all mm-hmm. just fluid and I gotta think due to the similar nature of the two organizations the Bills and the Giants and their leadership and management <laughs> style I gotta think that's the way the Bills are trending to as well like I wouldn't be shocked to see Taylor Rapp playing middle linebacker to see Dotson in early down packages where maybe the run's more prevalent it wouldn't shock me to see anyone out of or anyone on Saran Davis in there wait. Play two big nickels. Why not Tyler or sign Bass? Bump Or sign Bumper Pool and get Bumper Pool in. There. Now we're talking. Make Bumper <laughs> Now Pools we're talking. Do I think Bumper Bumper it was all do anything it. he sets like, his mind to. Well we know that. The world is his okay. oyster. He just has to reach out and grab it. I think it was all downhill for for Terrell Bernard because from the moment he got drafted, who made that draft pick Tony? Oh
1: like who, who announced, that announced that it? Draft
0: pick. Yes. Do you remember? The yes. guy from NFL Kyle, the
1: guy from Good Morning. Kyle Football. Brandt. Yeah, Kyle Brandt, that's his name.
0: Kyle Brandt, the fakest Bills fan out there. We talked about a Bought villain this podcast being Kyle Allen. I think we misconstrued it a little. We got the Kyle part right. I think the villain of this podcast is Kyle Brandt. And because he announced the Terrell Bernard pick in 2022, it was all downhill from Bernard. Bernard had no chance to succeed. Writing was on the wall because fake Bills Mafia member, Kyle Brandt, made that pick. That's what I think.
1: Is it reasonable to assert that, now bear with me, I'm really going to put a hot take out there that's a little existential, maybe too existential for you? Thank you for setting me up for failure. Yeah. Am I not Um,
0: existential enough for you, Tony?
1: Well, we'll find out when with what you think about my little theory here.
0: Do you believe in jinxing?
1: How how, To Uh, what extent do you believe in jinxing, Matt?
0: Zero to 5%.
1: Yikes. Okay, then you're not going to like this. But as someone who... If you believe in jinxing, here's what I'm saying. Is it reasonable to think that DeMar Hamlin is Kyle Brandt's fault? Let me take you there.
0: (laughs) Take me there.
1: So not not the portion where he announced Terrell Bernard's pick, but I think many of us remember when Kyle Brandt announced the pick. He announced this as the 2023 Super Bowl champion, Buffalo Bills, select Terrell Bernard. So immediately when he says that, that's the jinx. That means we're definitely not winning the Super Bowl because he said that. Because he announced this right. as, as the Super Bowl champion. Now, what took us out of that situation of the Super Bowl? It was our sort of great wall here was the Bengals. Mm-hmm. The first game did not count. We flubbed against them, possibly because, you know, too much was going on. Emotions are running high. This is the Bengals. The DeMar, DeMar Hamlin's fresh in our minds. And in the situation, and then, you know, we blew it on emotion. Yep. Is it that the universe decided DeMar Hamlin has to happen so that the Bills can't handle playing the Bengals so that they cannot make it to the Super Bowl and Kyle Brantz cannot be correct because he
0: jinxed it? If this was a visual medium of a, of a podcast here, uh, you would see me nodding my head because I <laughs> like this theory. Kyle Brant okay. cursed this organization.
1: Kyle Brandt, attempted murderer.
0: <laughs> I'll take it one step further, Tony. Did Kyle Brandt, to cover up the jinx, hire DeMar Hamlin's body double? Uh, oh, now we're getting into the weeds. He knew
1: it was only a matter of time until some fringe podcast got onto him and saw we're the on writing you, on Kyle the wall. Brandt. And then he we said, I right have to get you. ahead of this. He, his publicist, everyone in the, in the Brant camp said, we have to get ahead of this. We have to hire a fake Damar Hamlin Mm. to ensure that everyone knows that he did not jinx it and to ensure that he does not go to jail as part of this process. Go to jail, of course, for what would the crime be? Insider trading or something. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) sure. Yes, blasphemy. So that he he is not burned at the stake by the church. He's not stoned. That's right. He's not stoned and shamed. In the Vatican itself, the Pope is calling
0: Listeners, we are just connecting dots tonight. That's all we're doing. We're, getting we're to the bottom We're just
1: presenting information. We're just presenting information. If the dots get connected, they get connected.
0: They're there. And, and look what to, happened.
1: They're there. they're there.
0: They're there. They're there to be connected. And look what happened this week, Tony. He knew this Fringe podcast was on to him. So what does he do? What does he do to get us off the trail, to, to suck Bills Mafia right back to his side? He predicted the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Deflect and project. Classic technique. Deflecting. He is the ultimate deflector. We were hot on the trail of who mm-hmm. Kyle Brandt truly is. He knows how this he universe works. Out. That's he how knows how to play We've also been making
1: tons of Catholic references all episode, and I'm still saying the universe did this.
0: So Terrell Bernard wins the starting job, getting back on track here, getting the universe back on track. There you go. Seemingly winning it out of deserving to win it, Sean McDermott has built this team throughout the years, seemingly, and you could argue this, but guys earning their spot. Kingsley Jonathan earned his spot on the roster this year. Some of these guys have to earn their playing time, rookies, whatnot. I feel like this is the antithesis of that message. It is a slap in the face of the process. Terrell Bernard did not earn the spot. I guess he earned it by not being bad. During the preseason, because he didn't play, I would have just put Kirksey in there.
1: Honestly, I kind of thought the same thing. Yeah. I
0: would have, I don't care if he's had three weeks of practice, three months of practice, or what he actually does have is three days of practice. I would have put him in there. He's veteran enough. He's played the position enough. Milano can call plays, like just like Kirksey, just from a pure. Like experience is too holistic of a thought but just from a pure like understanding of the game perspective yeah Kirksey might not know the schemes or the play whatever but at least (laughs) he'll understand the game at least he'll understand like yeah oh I I need to shoot this gap or fill this hole or or be in coverage like I feel like whether it's like I said three days or three months of experience for him in this system he just needs to be in there because he's He's the veteran. He's the guy who understands the game more than Terrell Bernard at this point, in my opinion. So interesting decisions made. Benford beating out Dane Jackson. Not surprising, but again, we saw the kind of the writing on the wall here with based on his play in the the final weeks of the preseason. Benford was very good. He presents, I think, a prototypical skill set and body type to run in a Sean McDermott defense. He has length. He has the ball hawking ability. He understands the zone scheme much better than his first round competitor and fellow draftee last year does in Kyrie Elam. But again, it's like, is it going to be like last year where Benford is named the starter, but there's a rotation? Or do you think it's Mm -hmm. Benford's job to run with and lose? Because to me, it kind of seems like if it's not a rotation or based on matchups, maybe one week we go against a more physical receiver, which calls for Kyrie Elam to play more snaps, if you will. What do, what do you think? Is it Is it Benford's job to run with and to seemingly lose or keep? Or is this going to be another rotational position matchup kind of scenario for this season as well?
1: I guess in the words of Sean McDermott, when they asked him this in the press conference, and he said, we'll see in some ways i'm like i'm also want to be we'll see i think that it's almost as though for benford and for really for all the corners the preseason's not over mm-hmm. you you got the job but you have to keep it and every game is your opportunity to keep it or to lose it so benford better step up or someone who's maybe just about his equivalent is going to is going to go in and it's a good problem to have i guess this isn't like Benford winning the job. For me, like this is the opposite in the sense of like, well, I don't really care who's on the other side because they're all going to be probably decent enough. Whereas in the middle linebacker I'm like, I definitely care who's at middle linebacker because they're probably not going to be decent enough.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. The only the only reason I care about the CB2 position is cuz I I really like Benford. I think he is a very good player and might be one of those like late round steals who Coming from a small school, small football school that is, in Villanova, maybe went under scouted, maybe went undernoticed. They don't play a lot of powerhouse teams or see a lot of national TV time. Villanova football does. Again, we go back to can you name one other Villanova football player ever? No. <laughs> <laughs> he could he could be a like a diamond in the rough late round steal. We see it pop up every once in a while. Yes, the hit rate in later rounds is not as prevalent in terms of those guys becoming impactful starters or contributors on an NFL team. But Benford could buck the trend. And then it's like, I don't know what you do with Kyrie as we spoke about all summer. So we won't reiterate those points, but maybe Benford just has the job and runs with it. He has the skill set. He has the physicality. He has the experience now with a, a year under his belt that maybe he just runs with the job and never gives it up. And then you have two pretty good stalwart cornerbacks yes middle linebacker is a much bigger concern because you have zero known commodities or or as you said uh decent average players but we're all set now all the starters are named and on to monday night we go you mentioned sean mcdermott and i want to touch on this real quick sean mcdermott when he was asked about the benford elam situation saying we'll see my question to you and this goes along with Another topic of conversation this week. My question to you is, does Sean McDermott have any finger on the pulse of this team, of the team he coaches? He says, we'll see with Benford and Elam. When it comes to Micah Hyde's injury, back injury that flared up this week, he said, don't expect to see Micah Hyde out at practice today. Literally an hour later, Micah Hyde is out at practice looking completely fine, running drills throwing the ball around anything that a person with a bad back or a hurt back would not be doing. So I don't know why Sean McDermott said we won't expect to see him today. And then rewind to earlier this summer with the whole Stefan Diggs fiasco. I'm really worried. Sean McDermott has no clue about what is going on with his own team. (laughs) And he's just Uh, out there in front of the media, just spitting lies. And not even, I shouldn't even say lies because he's just spitting something that he thinks is going on that is actually not going on. Two
1: theories in defense of Coach McDermott. Old lady glasses. The first is, well, that's old lady not a, theory. Brain. That's a That's a fact. <laughs> oh, that's, not, that's a theory. Very unproven. So <laughs> the first one is, he said, don't expect to see him in practice. That's what he was told. And then all of a sudden he's at practice because the medical team gets with Micah Hyde in between those two events okay fine he even, addressed, he even said that today like yeah it ended up being that they, that they cleared him to practice a little bit or to do like partial practice or to do some things in practice second theory more my favorite of the theories what do the Jets see are the Jets in it enough that they're going to see who's at practice or did they just hear what Sean McDermott says mm, so is he just okay. saying so it doesn't really matter what happens in there but The soundbite that makes its way down to the Meadowlands is the one that that Sean McDermott in the press conference says, don't expect to see Micah Hyde. Now we all have to be worried about Micah Hyde, but really we don't have to be because only the Jets have to worry about Micah Hyde.
0: Right. I like this. So you think Sean McDermott's Mm -hmm. playing chess while others are playing checkers? I
1: think he knows how to play this media
0: game. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I'm so sure of that. I do. I think he's, I mean,
1: I think he's very open and honest and I think he's, well-connected in the media, sort of. Like, I think that he or is fair to them. Well, I don't know if fair is the right word. Like, I think he knows everyone's role in the media and he has a positive relationship with them. But I, I would say that he's, I would say that he knows, like, when to play the card of, I'm going to fool the Jets a little bit. I'm going to uh, fool I'll, the I'll next pick th-
0: up what you're putting down. I'll, I'll go pick with that. Up. I'll pick it up. But it seems like Micah Hyde is fine uh, out there practicing literally an hour before that statement was made practicing today he was asked if he expects to play and he nodded his head emphatically that he was going to play so <laughs> not worried about Micah Hyde's status and for the most part knock on wood because it is only Thursday and we have four more days to <sighs> kick off uh the injury report is very empty other than Micah Hyde's fake back injury here so the bills for a team fake who was injury. injured in a lot of key areas For most of the season last year. Comes into this season extremely healthy. So that is good to see. And now everyone just has to live in a bubble for the next three days here. And we'll Mm -hmm. be fine. We'll be fine. Tony, any other notes about the Bills before we get into this opening week matchup against the Jets you want to discuss?
1: No, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about the matchup. Me too.
0: This is a big one. Bills kicking off primetime Monday nights. I am... Very excited, but also very worried. I'll give you top three reasons I'm worried. And Tony, three, I think in honor okay. of Aaron Rodgers, we should do this in darkness. Listeners, because this is an audio podcast, we're doing this in darkness. Solidarity yep, I'm turning Rogers. off the lights. <laughs> we can't talk I'm in darkness. i are definitely How turning
1: off the think? lights right now.
0: We're having our own darkness retreat to clear our minds and talk about the Bills-Jets matchup. Things I'm worried about. One, New York, September 11th. That is is going to be a pumped up crowd energy beyond belief okay, yes the jets will be fueled from that i am sure so that has me worried too aaron Rodgers has me worried first game new energy as well with a new team new lease on his nfl life if you will uh, i'm sure he'll be pumped up as well so third thing that has me worried the bill's going all blues i don't like the all blue yep. jerseys tony same. You know, I'm not a fan. that's a good way to kick off the season. It's risky. It's a little worried. It's a, it's a it's risk. risky. It's a risk. It's a gamble. It's a risk. So three things that had me worried right off the bat. Tony, what are your thoughts about this game? I'm not worried at all. Big picture. You're not worried at all? No. So uh, you should the Bills have us in you the
1: bag? You
0: gave three reasons that you're worried. I'm, I'll,
1: I'll counter each. I'll give three reasons that I'm not worried.
0: Okay, good. Well, good copy. Reason cop. number
1: one. Yeah, there you go. Reason number one, Nathaniel Hackett is calling plays.
0: Ah, good call. We know
1: Nathaniel Hackett. He can't get his head out of his ass. (laughs)
0: Have you been watching Hard Knocks, by the way? No. Oh, Nathaniel Hackett is, I don't know how that guy gets jobs. I said it on a podcast way in the past when Nathaniel Hackett got hired as the Broncos coach last year, but it still holds true today. Every time I see Nate Hackett talk about football, let alone like non football related things, I just think to myself, like, how could anyone hire this guy? Like, he's an idiot. (laughs) And the reason I think he's an idiot is because he comes from the Doug Marone coaching tree. And that should be the interview process. Anytime Nate Hackett interviews for a job, whether it's offensive coordinator, quarterbacks, coach, heck, whatever. The first question the interviewee should ask to Nate Hackett, do you come from the Doug Marone coaching tree? Please stand up, turn around and walk out that door. That's how it should go in Nate Haggett discussions. So great first reason to not be worried. The second is Ms. Wolf's. The Ms. Wolf's situation
1: is too distracting. Do you know what I mean when I say the Ms. Wolf's? I do not. Tell me, Matt. Oh, let me spell the word Ms. Wolf's for you. M Z W L F S. Mother like Zach that. Wilson. It's just that like the
0: cult. It's <laughs> is like the cult with the. You Smallville could argue chick. that it's a cult. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow, what a poll Nexi- on that
0: nexium. one! What is that?
1: Is Ms. Wolf's is Ms. Wolf's a cult? You'll have to ask Zach Wilson about that himself. About that one, if Ms. Wolf's is a cult, but if it is, he he is the leader.
0: Did you create this acronym, or is it something like? Is it a thing?
1: No, I I made it an hour before we uh, went on the record. It's very it's Ms. Nice. Wolf's.
0: Yeah, mother Zach Wilson
1: well, like to fuck. Ms. It's Wolf. based on American Pies Mills. It's the first mile, Well, yeah, she's the she's the OGM. The OG Mill. She's the OG The Ms. original Wolf. gangster Mill. Yeah. yeah. She's the OG Ms. Wolf. Yeah. With the declining population of New York and New Jersey, the Ms. Wolf population itself is declining. Ms. Wolf is what gives the Jets quarterback room its power, heralded through cult leader Zach Wilson. So without with the Ms. Wolf access lowering and Zach Wilson also being placed out of the starting position, without the Ms. Wolves, that team will descend into chaos. It will have a reverberating like effect, the distraction. Number three, I would like to read you a excerpt from the National Library of Medicine out of the National Center of Biotechnology Information.
0: You're going to say National and, uh, Ms. Wolf Headquarters. Uh, <laughs> no,
1: no, the National... <laughs> It's the NLM, so the National Lobby of Ms. Wolf's. No. So this is from the National Library of Medicine of the National Center for Biotechnology Information. And this is the results Simple. of a study that took place. Results. Acute physical health adverse effects, primarily vomiting, were reported by 69.9% of the sample, with 23 reporting the need for subsequent medical attention. Adverse mental health effects in the weeks and months following consumption reported by 55.9% of the sample. And so the question is, what am I talking about? What is the
0: sample? What are we talking about here?
1: It is not Cialis. This is a study on those that consume Uh. Ah.
0: 2.3%
1: reporting the need for medical attention. Let's do a little math. Aaron Rodgers has played in 230 nfl Hmm. games 2.3 percent of the opportunities will yield medical attention he's well overdue it seems like it's like one out of every 20 for based on his based on his uh his numbers here times he's well overdue to have a neurological breakdown on the field but he's always but he is this has not happened i would say the chances are fantastic He's in a new city. There's a lot of lights and stuff, a lot of stimuli happening here. The numbers Mm -hmm. are against him. He's due and overdue to have a breakdown on the field. It's basically guaranteed to happen statistically.
0: I mean, it's science. You can't argue science.
1: That's what I'm saying. It's science. It comes from a medical study done by Jose Carlos Buso, Oscar Andione, Jerome Sarris, Milan uh, Schneidegger, and... Luis Tufoli.
0: All fans of this podcast.
1: i my they known damn well will be." Yes, known listeners. Known listeners. These medical researchers.
0: I feel like Aaron Rodgers already had his breakdown. Was it last year when that like very funny image came out when after he got sacked and his helmet was like halfway, oh up yeah. his head. So like his chin was strap only was last over year? his nose. A couple years ago. That doesn't. That doesn't feel
1: that recent. But it's so ubiquitous, that image.
0: Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like that is like the image that is burned into my brain of for Aaron sure. Rodgers. And
1: I mean, last time we played the Jets, Matt Milano literally reconstructed the insides of the quarterback. That's right. So if I know, how, if I know from that picture how Aaron Rodgers reacts to sacks, if I know from my experience with Matt Milano how he executes sacks, this is a recipe for disaster for Aaron Rodgers. And he's going to be triggered. Ayahoska. As it says in the conclusion, That's what it does. There is a high rate of adverse physical effects and challenging psychological effects from using ayahuasca. I can't wait to see one on Monday night.
0: What if he? Just, <laughs> what if he just like comes to in the middle of the game? Like he's been on ayahuasca and suffering from <laughs> these effects all summer. Yeah, and he just like and he's like in the middle of the like game. He like comes to and he's ghosts. like, yeah, holy shit! Like I'm on the Jets now what is going on? Like he like snaps back to reality. <laughs> yeah. Where's the yellow? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what, wait, where am I? What, at, what are these lights? Where, and he pulls like an Antonio Brown and just like runs off the field in the middle of the game. That'd be amazing.
1: Uh, it truly would be. And like, I would love it like a real,
0: like a real psychological
1: event, like strips down in the middle of the field really freaks out. I mean, Antonio Brown took off uh, close too, I guess. So I would, yes, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this because his improvement is statistically
0: is bound to happen. I mean, it, like we said, it's science. You can't, you it's can't. Science.
1: I mean, he's listening to Daniel Hackett in his ear. Come on.
0: No, I will give you another reason I'm not worried. And this is solely from watching Hard Knocks. And because you mentioned Nate Hackett, uh, I have to mention another member of the Jets coaching staff. That's our head coach. Robert Sella is maybe the fakest tough guy I've ever seen in the world. Oh, I like this. I like this. Yeah, you listen, I hope he's listening. I hope so too. Come at me, Robert. I'm here, waiting. You're not tough. Yep. No, and and there's a there's a clip going around this week on social media from Hard Knocks of him in the film room or whatever conference center talking to the team uh during after one of the practices, before one of the practices, whatever, uh about how like he hates to uh like in the in the after game handshake he hates when the coach says like team looks good out there or some like just very generic statement made by coaches to coaches uh okay because he thinks like he he takes it as they don't take his team seriously or something and it's just like he's dropping Uh all Uh these f bombs it's like a two-minute rant he's just dropping all these f bombs and he comes off so Like that kid in school who like tried to be tough. So he thought to be tough, you needed to swear. Like swearing meant you were a tough guy. Mm -hmm. Like, look how effing tough I am. (laughs) Like, no, like you're just fake as all heck. Um, Plus the fact that he looks like uh, if you ordered Vin Diesel off Wish, uh, that's who you'd get. You get Robert Sala. Uh, Just adds to all this. But I am, the more I watch Hard Knocks, the less I think Robert Sala is a good coach. I thought he was a good coach and uh, and a good defensive coordinator in San Francisco. I was optimistic that he'd be a good coach, head coach in New York, and his first year here uh, was decent, I'd say. Uh, his first couple of years here were decent, I'd say. But the more I watch Hard Knocks, I'm just like, this guy is so fake and phony it's embarrassing. Add to the fact that you have Nathaniel Hackett, who is quite literally the laughingstock of the league, as Sean Payton has just dragged him through the coals, as other head coaches, as other media members have dragged him through the coals for his completely over his head performance as a head coach in Denver last year. I'm not one bit scared of the Jets coaching staff and being able to schematically draw up or game plan for what the Bills can do. Mm -hmm. I know when we talk about the Bills going against other formidable opponents, the Chiefs, the Jets, or the Chiefs, Bengals, uh, you know, anybody who else, anybody else who competes in the AFC, we kind of always, I kind of always default and maybe you don't, but I think other people do based on talk around social media, but I kind of always default to, well, this is a coaching mismatch for, uh, like McDermott is not up to snuff with these other top tier coaches andy reed oh, okay. tomlin like th- these guys you just can't you know whatever um andy reed specifically i think is is the benchmark we said just sean mcdermanson over his head so i always default to we're always in a coaching mismatch and we're on the negative side of that so i do not feel that way with the jets like i maybe for a brief second did and then i watch hard knocks i'm like no nah, we're good i think we're our coaching staff is much better than what the Jets pose on the other sideline, so I'm not worried. That is one reason I'm not worried. Rameshala is the biggest fake, phony tough guy I've ever seen in my life.
1: I like this. I like. I'm. I'm. I'm buying into this.
0: Um, He definitely
1: visually, for me, he has the look. I mean, he's in pretty good shape, but that takes a lot of time and effort. And I, you know, as to paraphrase Josh Allen, uh. Let him drink the creatine. We'll do the fucking work.
0: <laughs> Josh because is that's a wordsmith. What it seems
1: like. Josh is a wordsmith. I've really been thinking about. I mean, I don't remember what publication it was, but when they surveyed NFL players as who was the best shit talker, and Josh Allen won, that was that was like when we barely knew Josh Allen, and now it's like we're not surprised at all because he has revealed himself to be such a wordsmith, inspirational both ways. Like he he can get you where it hurts, and he can and he can build on the right foundation in a human emotionally. It's no I, wonder I that he, uh, it's, it's, it's no wonder he's so successful in the dating game. What an important Josh component, for sure. Yeah. It kind of is. Yeah.
0: He's, he's very successful in, in all aspects of his life. Dating on the field, mm-hmm. off the field. Cause he, he, I mean, yeah. Essentially he, metaphorically. He's, commercials. Dating, he's in a relationship with the team. Right. Well, yeah. Football means family. All means family. That's right. Um, Tony, let's talk about the players on the field for this Monday night matchup. And we have to start with one of the biggest battles in history. We've seen rivalries throughout history that might not even come close to this matchup. Ulysses S. Grant versus Robert E. Lee. Al Capone versus Elliot Ness. Alexander Hamilton versus Aaron Burr. Mario versus Bowser. Let's talk about the next great battle rivalry however you want to describe it and that is the battle of the connor mcgoverns
1: yes both connor mcgoverns coming in coming into this game
0: finally Who has the better connor mcgovern we need to know the world needs to know mm-hmm. their moms need to know <laughs> yes who's going to get who's going to get invited to thanksgiving dinner and who's not
1: <laughs> yeah i like the idea that just all mcgoverns are one thanksgiving dinner
0: regardless yeah. of relation Regardless of family trees, yeah. They all, they got to Yeah. Their family trees have to cross somewhere, right? You can't just have two Connor McGoverns out there. That's not like Dave Williams. I don't know. A There's
1: a lot of people in Ireland. Yeah.
0: Osiris Torrance. Assuming they're
1: Irish. Yeah. You're right. That's another good example. In There's Ireland, you can, you can find Osiris Torrance. You can find Torrance Osiris. You can find Cyrus Torrance, which is the yep. original name that I kept saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can find um, Connor McGovern connie mcgovern How, con mcgovern
0: con mcgovern i like that connie it's con deep
1: seinfeld reference
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can call me
1: conrad connie or con your choice
0: just finish it <laughs> yeah uh, the
1: better connor the the better con or the worse connor mcgovern has to finish the cabinets. that's the yes that's what's at
0: stake uh do you think we have the better connor mcgovern that's the big question One's uh, a I football center one's a football guard according to google Yes. One has a mustache, that's we... one doesn't. Hmm. And that's what we know. Do you think we have the better Connor McGovern? One has an no arm tattoo, one doesn't. One okay, played is... fullback last Dude. year for his old team, one didn't. Fullback, really? Yeah. Uh, Did I when miss our Connor McGovern, what was the deal? When our Connor McGovern was on the Cowboys last year, Cowboys. Uh, he played uh, fullback for a couple snaps.
1: Is that right? Yes. Oh, a couple snaps. Okay.
0: Yeah, it wasn't like...
1: Well, that's just fun. OK,
0: but I also like the, the fact that you type in Connor McGovern in the first Google people always ask question is, are there two Connor McGoverns in the NFL? An emphatic <laughs> yes to that, Google. Yes, they're both in there the East. Yes. Which is also weird, right? Like 32 teams. I think so. Yeah. Two yeah. Connor McGoverns. Yeah. That's, they both weird. end up it's... on the same team.
1: Mm hmm. Well, not the same team yet.
0: Or, and, and, I'm sorry. They both end up in the same division.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, they both end up in the same position. division. This isn't like if we put traded Connor McGovern in a pick for Josh Allen, the linebacker.
0: Right. Yeah. To the Jets. It's not the same situation. Where Josh
1: Allen doesn't play for. Yeah, not the same situation. But it would be a lot of fun.
0: I'm trying to find the quote getting from... The double, uh,
1: getting all the double names involved.
0: Our Connor McGovern about playing fullback. Oh, it okay. is It's a fun quote. Uh, what did he say? My computer would cooperate here. for She's not going to cooperate. Um, yes, this was two years ago. Conor McGovern was playing fullback. I think he said something like, I can't find the exact quote, but I think he said something like it's every fat kid who grew up playing lineman's dream to actually like do something. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Actually get out there and run. Uh, I do think we have the better Conor McGovern. That, that's I have that's to say. Wow. Okay. I'm not going to get into that a huge a lot uh, diet. Diatribe about Connor McGovern's of the world here. But uh I think ours is better and he has earned his spot at starting left guard. So take that bad Connor McGovern on the Jets.
1: I agree that he has earned his spot. I agree that I don't think we have a bad Connor McGovern. Just because you're the bad Connor McGovern doesn't mean you're bad.
0: They're both they both have value, just like all humans. Yes. If you want to look at it from a human race standpoint, yes. Everyone has value. <laughs> well, no, I mean
1: no, I just even mean, if your name is I not mean, Connor McGovern. His... I think his value as a as a player as well in the NFL. Oh, okay. I think I think they you. Gotcha. probably a good guard. And I think that Connor McGovern Jets is probably a good center. I think that Connor McGovern Jets is probably slightly better at center than Bill's Connor McGovern is at guard.
0: Hey, okay. well, we're really going to find that's out. OK, though, we're going to find out Monday. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out Monday. <laughs> um, All the Tony-
1: questions are answered on Monday.
0: That's right. Tony, when we look at this game, uh the biggest thing you're looking for from the bills now we got a lot of things we could discuss we could you could be looking for um how sean mcdermott handles defensive play calling or just how the defense looks on a whole or maybe on the offense side of the ball what role james cook plays or how ken dorsey's offense has evolved what is one thing or the biggest thing you're looking for from the bills to kick off the 2023 season
1: on the defensive side of the ball. I'm looking for aggression. I'm really just looking, when I say aggression, I guess I'm just looking for some sort of difference that's viewable and tangible between uh, the Leslie Frazier era and the Sean McDermott era at defensive coordinator. Um, But mainly I just assume that's going to manifest itself in aggression. Um, I would also really like to just see, because I think this season, you know, this could be the season that we've all been waiting for in the sense of we've been waiting seemingly forever uh, for the quarterback pressure situation to develop after we've invested so much in the defensive line and in the front seven. Uh, so I'm looking for aggression, and maybe that will be sort of just like the catalyst of of what I'm talking about, the catalyst of pressure. And then on the offensive side, I'm looking for balance. And by balance, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing... Uh, to seeing James Cook cook. And I hope that he cooks. But I'm I hoping think... to see that. But that's what I'm looking for. Is like, will Will James Cook cook? Will he look like a legit number one running back?
0: I'm very excited to see James Cook in this offense and see mm-hmm. what he can do. Now, the Jets do have a very good defense uh, that sure. the Bills struggled against twice last year, going one and one against the Jets. Um, but I think James Cook, can be finally that guy that we've been waiting for that dual threat in both the run and pass game. I think he brings an element that we haven't seen, and that's a speed element. When you watch James Cook's highlights from last year and even this preseason, the way he hits the hole and his understanding, it's, it's his understanding of blocking schemes and his patience and just kind of that one cut and just go. It's kind of a little reminiscent of shady. Shady was more, of course, mm. pun intended because it's his nickname, but cut on a dime. I think James Cook is like a single cut on a dime where Shady would just cut, 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 cut. Like James Cook has that right. single cut and then he's gone. And I think that's something we haven't seen for years and years now, especially in the Allen McDermott Bean era here. So uh, I'm excited to see what James Cook can do. He was one of the top yards per carry backs last year if he qualified. He didn't receive enough carries to qualify. But if he did, he averaged well above five yards a carry last year. Continue that in the preseason. I mean, the nice thing is if he continues that, it's not it's not a situation where it's a typical running back. One, where you're getting him a Derrick Henry situation, for example, where you need to get him 20 to 25 carries a game. Like he can do enough with his 12 to 15 carries he can get 100 yards with his 12 to 15 carries like well, that would be just unbelievable that'd be great it. that'd be amazing uh, he just brings an element that I, I think this offense hasn't seen ever in the allen era so i'm very excited to see what they can do with james cook i especially liked towards the end of last year when they started utilizing him in the passing game a little more we saw uh, a couple snaps uh, during the Miami class game where he uh, lined up wide and was like an outside the the hashes receiving threat. We saw a lot towards the end of the season where he would come out of the backfield and just kind of be Josh's safety valve and then get some good yak. So there's a lot of ways they can utilize James cook. And now he's going into year two, better understanding of the game, better understanding of the speed of the game, better understanding of the offense. I'm excited to see what James cook can do in this offense. And I think he's, I think fronting him is a better offensive line. So, uh yeah, I think I think he's going to be a huge factor come Monday night. And with that, I'm most intrigued to see how Ken Dorsey's offense has evolved. And I'm speaking specifically of Ken Dorsey himself. Like, I think this will be the ultimate list, lit, litmus test. Is that right? Litmus test? What's what do they call it? You're an educator. I think you're pretty close. I think you're good. Yeah. lithmus test, Lithmus. Litmus? Lit, litmus, litmus, litmus test. It's yeah. the ultimate litmus test of, uh, I, I guess, like to put a uh, very educationally um, centered phrase to a very non-educationally centered phrase. This will be to see if Ken Dorsey really, quote, gets it. Because for two games last year, he struggled mightily against this Jets defense. And now he's had not only a whole year, but a whole offseason to prepare for this one game. This is not a week to week thing. This is not, okay, on to next week. We need to prepare for the next team. Like he's had a whole six months to prepare for this Jets team, to prepare for Aaron Rodgers, to prepare for their new weapons on offense, Alan Lazard and Brees Hall coming back and all these guys. Like this will be a great test for Ken Dorsey to see if he gets it. He's see if he can be a viable offensive coordinator. I was listening to the ringer NFL show Uh, and before Josh Allen's injury against the first during the first matchup against the Jets, uh, Josh Allen was on pace to eclipse like 6,000 or come close to 6,000 total yards over 5,000 yards passing like 800 yards ish running. That's an insane stat line. Like Josh Allen was silly good last year. Injury obviously hampered him. I think the lack of a counterpunch offensively hampered him in terms of Ken Dorsey not being able to scheme around an injury or uh, just kind of not knowing what to do when things started to gradually fall apart or not come as easy as they did earlier in the season. Now is the time to see if Ken Dorsey is able to make those adjustments, if he's able to come up with a game plan. We saw last year in the Rams game, first week, great game plan. Can Ken Dorsey emulate that? Can he repeat that? I'll be very intrigued That's to see what how I'm, this, this offense looks come Monday. It down.
1: has to look different. It has to look different because I, I, I think, in what you're saying, like one thing that I almost said in terms of James Cook and like how James Cook's success or lack thereof manifests itself. And I think really it hinges on Dorsey, but it hinges on how the offense is constructed and how Dorsey can take. The way the offense is constructed, and, and use it to get production. Um, yeah. And so, really, it's like the offense has to look different because of the Dalton Kincaid factor, and that factor basically rewrites the playbook. And that's the opportunity to say to figure out how to integrate running and to let James Cook cook. And it integrates a style of offensive play that involves that involves outlets and checkdowns, which is not always Dalton Kincaid, which is not always the slot receiver, which is not always Dawson Knox, Mm. but often should and would involve the running back. And we have a very capable receiving running back for that situation. Hello? 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 Matt? Matt? Hello? Uh, Matt? Oh, yeah. So, so it's designed to be an offense, you know, that would involve naturally a lot of like, dump off her safety valve positions. And, you know, historically we've seen that often be the slot, but it probably isn't going to be the slot unless it's the 11.5 scheme uh, that comes with the bringing on of Dalton Kincaid. So whether really that safety valve can be Kincaid or Knox or could be, would be, and should be often the running back. And we have in James Cook, a running back that's more than capable of handling uh, of handling that situation and can make a lot of yak, like you said, after, um, after he does that, especially, and that's, I guess, another thing that I'm curious about, because especially finding what the slot position looks like now in the post Cole Beasley era and finding what, what we're looking at now. Is it a, is it a matter of the same amount of trust for Khalil Shakir? Is Shakir out of favor? Is he even like the natural slot or is it just going to be Hardy all the time, Hardy all the time? hardy all the time
0: my girl wants to the up time with, but i great fantasy yeah. football team name by the way
1: yes i agree i just came up with it but i'm like this is this is good this is a good nickname and a good pun
0: great song
1: eddie murphy's finest hour
0: truly it's like that in the nutty professor but that is definitely takes the top spot
1: yeah yeah i would say so and like, then secondarily fine. to that the hardy connection
0: ah yes of course of course mm-hmm. uh yeah interesting dalton kikade if if we want to talk about like one player I'm focused on, it is Dalton Kincaid. Cause I think he is going to be a huge factor in this game um, right away. Like week one rookie being a huge factor. And maybe it's not like a crazy stat line. Maybe it's not eight catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. Maybe it's, maybe it's half that maybe it's four catches for mm-hmm. 50 yards and a touchdown, but I think he's going to be key. Opening things up for other guys like Gabe Davis, like James Cook underneath, like maybe Deontay Hardy Harris getting in the flat and taking one of the house or something like that. I think Dalton Kincaid is going to be a big factor. I think we saw that in the Pittsburgh preseason game of what can the defenses do? Can they go big and then we out out athleticism them with Dalton Kincaid or do they go small Mm -hmm. with a big nickel and then we just outpower them? with blocking and, and being bigger than. That. And so I think Don KK is going to be a huge factor, not only in on the statute himself, but the trickle down effect of what he can bring to, to this offense. Uh, I don't know if Stefan Diggs is going to be a factor. He's got an extremely tough, tough matchup against sauce Gardner who uh, gets away with what Kair Elam doesn't in terms of holding and grabbing. <laughs> so I think that's going to negate what Steph Diggs does best and that separation from route running. But I think that opens stuff up for Dalton Kincaid and Gabe Davis and they're going to have to win their one-on-one battles. And I think that's going to be the difference is can those guys be a factor? Can they win their, can they pick up where Stephon Diggs might not be able to perform to his usual standards?
1: Mm. Um. That's actually another thing that I am significantly looking forward to seeing is the is could this be a huge Gabe Davis game? And it could be. This is like right. Gabe Davis's coming coming back party from this you know apparent injury. Uh, and I feel like there's been a lot of positive hype about Gabe Davis this offseason in general. Um, yeah. Chris Berman certainly had some nice things to say for what that's worth. <laughs> and Chris Berman is like six five. So, yeah. you know, he's so you know what I always say. So,
0: you can never not trust a guy who is tall.
1: Yeah, you can always trust them. They always always trust him. Fine. Anything he says they've, is true. They face so much adversity in their life, like they've developed just an incredible amount of apathy. You can always trust them. They're very trustworthy.
0: Yes, tall people, they, they just get it all. Mm-hmm. Life's easy for them.
1: Well, that's yes, that is what I'm saying. Um, so I would say that. Uh, yeah, like Gabe Davis, I I think, I guess that's kind of the big question is, who will we walk away from the game saying if our offense, if our offense was on today, are we going to be saying like, oh, this was a big blank game? Because if it's anyone but Stefan Diggs, which as you said, it's likely to not be Stefan Diggs because he's in a tough matchup. Right. But if it's anyone Stefan Diggs, that's going to be really fun and exciting because it's Gabe Davis coming back from injury. It's Hardy is new. It's Khalil Shakir Herfield. is you know kind of an un, is an unknown to most. Uh, Kincaid is a rookie making his debut. Cook is making his debut as the solidified number one. So Shurfield this is like Bill's on, debut. Yeah, Surefield. Surefield's another great one. A great example. Yeah, of we haven't this. talked yeah, about Surefield.
0: So like, he could be a. you right.
1: He definitely could be. So yeah, it's like who who on Tuesday morning at work will we all be saying, "Hey, how about?" this player and then we'll think like they're going to be a star for the rest of the year. And maybe if they have a really good game, you know, everyone who's over, every overexcited fantasy player is going to be, you know, picking them up off waivers right? for them not to, d- for them not to do much the rest of the year. And, um. but yeah, like that's, I guess that's like one, one piece that's on my radar. One piece of this whole equation.
0: I think that's a big piece. I think that's a big piece. I think it's going to have to be these secondary guys. It's going to have to be, Maybe a surprise. Um, maybe it's a James Cook breakout. Maybe it's a Dalton Kincaid just right away living up to the preseason hype with his breakout game. But I also look for Gabe Davis. And when you talk about his injury from last year, of course, we mean deteriorating eyesight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So what, what Every we, Everything
1: he sees, everything he sees is that is not a... <laughs> I was going to say, everything he sees that's while he doesn't have glasses is... Making his eyesight worse,
0: right? Uh, but we have faith that we have sources. We're gonna we're gonna pull a Jason Whitlock here, listeners. Uh, breaking news: I think James Davis uh, got his eyes fixed over the over the off season, and he's gonna yeah, be great. That now. was the that uh, was the injury. That was the injury. The we injury know, was eyes. Our sources say we have sources like uh, Stephen A. and Jason Whitlock do. Um, right. That was by the way. That was my favorite thing ever. Like the clip went going around of Jason Woodlock saying like Josh Allen doesn't work hard. Mm-hmm. It was just the most ludicrous, ludicrous four minutes of verbal diarrhea ever. Uh, but the best part of that was when he said, "I have breaking news. I think <laughs> Stefan Diggs wants out because, like, you can't, you can't, um, like." you can't create news from a thought in your head. Like that's not, news. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like,
0: I don't say like breaking news. I think it's going to rain tomorrow. Like, no, <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> You're just right. spitting nonsense.
1: They're totally <laughs> unknown and innocuous. It's like right.
0: breaking news. news. Is,
1: I did not, I did not see this clip. Supposed so to be I factual. he said that.
0: Right. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it was the funniest thing. He's like, and this is breaking news. I think breaking I know news. why Stefan Diggs wants out. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't you can't uh you can't correlate news to like news is factual. Like you can't, it's not a thought in your head. <laughs> uh Jason Whitlock, idiot. Um, but yeah, I I I agree. I think it's gonna have to be one of these secondary guys that performs. And when I say like Kincaine might not have like fill up the stat sheet. I think he's going to be important not only for the trickle down factor, but I think he's going to be big on like we need a third and six conversion here. Like Kincaid's mm-hmm. the guy to get it. Yeah, like he'll, be, yeah he'll be he'll be I, big, I he'll that. be like big an important moment.
1: Right. I mean that makes sense. He's got the best hands on the team probably. So in
0: the best smile, which is insane to
1: say. Yeah, which is insane to say for both in both of those cases because Stefan Diggs is on the team. And yeah. Stefan Diggs, and he, avid flosser. So you know he's got a good flosser, smile. Flosser.
0: Grave smile. Yeah. We know we know that. We know that. Uh but does Stefan Diggs have the boyish charm of Adult Kincaid? I don't know. That might be the the what sets him apart.
1: I think um that's what sets him apart. He
0: fl- Yeah, he's
1: six yards into his route. He just flashes the smile. It stops yes. the linebacker dead in his tracks.
0: Was that like a cartoon character where they like flash their smile? I feel like
1: that I feel like that does no, I feel like that sounds just more like the end of, like, a mediocre football movie. Like, was that, like, in the replacements or something? Like, I feel like, like it's, a... like, slow motion. The offensive player flashes a smile. The defensive player's like, huh? <laughs> cool. and, then it, and then, like, the play is successful.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I feel like there's a car... Like, Johnny Bravo did that or something. Like, this is a way back, like, early 90s cartoon character. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be Dalton Kincaid. Yes, flashes a smile, just distracts everyone. As Josh Allen scampers for a sixty-yard touchdown, like totally, totally how they drew it up in the playbook. Uh, I think I ran that play in Madden the other night, so it's it's definitely there. Um, Tony, I don't know if you want to do game predictions. Uh, just let's say, do you think they win Monday night?
1: I mean, I think it's, I think it's a I think it's a, a toss-up. I do too. But I think, and I'll do a game prediction. I think it's a toss-up. I'm gonna say bills thirty three yeah. jets thirty
0: one if the bills put up thirty three points against that jets defense and they don't win, I will be like that's true. I don't know. I will I I'll will go to, to Leslie Frazier's. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I'll be ready to kill through Bernard, and I'll go uh, take an Uber to Leslie Frazier's house, knock on his front door, and beg him to come back,
1: please come back because I regret was very everything wrong you ever said about
0: what the problem was <laughs> mm-hmm. so if um,
1: if. I mean, I guess this is hard to say. But if we if the defense looks bad mm-hmm. and we find out after that uh, that Sean McDermott was not calling the plays, are you blaming Sean McDermott or are you bl- blaming the the coach who's calling the plays? Assuming it's um Al Edwards? Assuming it Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. Yes. I kind of want to say Al Wilson and I'm like, that is wrong.
0: I think you're thinking of Al Wilson because Wilson was the neighbor of home improvement, which was centered around Benford Tools, more power. Tony. Come on, put more right. power. I think we're. I think that's why you you subliminally go to Al Wilson.
1: It might be. I mean, Wilson was very wise. He was a coach in himself for He
0: was. He was the life coach we all needed at the time. Really?
1: Yeah, he was. This is real. Just a
0: man behind <laughs> just a man behind a fence.
1: Yep. Um,
0: no, I, I I agree. I think it's a fifty fifty toss up. It it's going to come down. I think I think we'll get an idea pretty early on if if the Bills can. What's the word I'm looking for? Well, the energy coming from New York not hang. I think they can hang. They went 13 and three and lost their three games by a total of eight points. They can hang with anyone when they have number 17. I just think Mm -hmm. we saw last year like the. The last memory we have with the Bills is a sticking memory to me, and that's of the loss to the Bengals, a team that came out and just punched the Bills in the mouth. And the Bills didn't know how to respond. And yes, there was a season-long laundry list of reasons why they were mentally checked out, maybe physically checked out by that point in time. And that's why they got punched in the mouth. But that's the that's the last memory we have of the Bills. And that's the one that's sticking with me right now. So. With the energy that New York crowd is going to have due to not only the new look Jets led by a Hall of Fame quarterback, but also the date of the game and the ceremonial stuff due to 9-11. Like, can they quell that energy? Can they take control of the narrative right away and kind of set the tone? Can they punch the Jets in the mouth? Like, they need to be the trendsetters to me. They need to be the ones that dictate the flow of the game, the momentum, like that's going to be, that's going to be the difference. That's going to be right away. We're going to, I'm going to be able to see if, is this a new look bills? Is this a new attitude bills? Yeah. Because I feel like, like the jets is... are going to come out super hot and ready to punch the bills in the face, just like the Bengals did. Like you get them on their heels and they will fall. I feel like the bills need to set their feet in the ground like in a sumo style stance and like just hold their ground and dictate the game and say, no, this is not the team. You remember We're we're dictating how this game goes. We're, we're the better team. I don't know. I'm getting very like existential with it all, but Mm -hmm.
1: I I know what you mean. I think we all know what you mean. It's the way I think of it as the, it's like the ebbs and flows of the game. Like, you know, we've all seen a lot of NFL games and it's, Really, like, you can see two of the best teams in the ebbs and flows of the game is like, they can't get anything accomplished. And you can see two terrible teams in the ebbs and flow of the game is it's just, like, they look like two offensive powerhouses, you know? So, now, for these two teams that both, in theory, have good offenses and good defenses, the ebbs and flows Mm -hmm. can be be one of those two or anywhere in between. Um, So that's kind of... And it doesn't necessarily mean... That like we have to push the panic button if something doesn't look, you know, that we have to push the panic button if we don't it's put up 45 and, and let them have seven. It's yeah, it's week one. Exactly. It's week one and it's also football. Like that's, you know, that's part yeah, of it. Sometimes obvious. you'll have games if you're good. That's high scoring. Sometimes you'll have games that are low scoring. Sometimes you'll have games that are shootouts and sometimes you'll, it's all whatever, you know? Um, right. so I think what we, I guess yeah like what we need to do is just not put too much into into week 1 but I I think that that's I, I mean I think that's part of the reason why we both think it's a coin toss but I like what's I mean I I like the Bills this year and I think that I know, I do too. Von Miller that's was I'm right about. I, think Von, <laughs> I know I think Von Miller was right in that this team is better than last year's team and
0: uh, I just hope go it out works and out it. and I
1: hope it works out on Monday go right? on yeah it. go out and show it we'll
0: find out we'll find out come monday night uh tony let's Mm -hmm. put a ribbon on our bills talk uh take a break get a word from our sponsor we'll come back finish up with a a little shunning and uh and we'll call it a day sound good
1: uh yes i did not know you're right i guess summer is still happening according to the gregorian calendar so we would be shunning yeah we're shunning
0: we're shunning i think the rest of this month we're gonna have to shun based on these temperatures oh yeah hey, let's hear what's, from our sponsor let's hear from our sponsor traveling growler we'll be back after the break that sound you hear that's the sound of opening up a refreshing cold one on a hot summer day and you know what's keeping my drink cold listeners a quality koozie from traveling growler follow them on instagram and check out www.travelinggrowler.com for all their cool designs keep the chill in your fill and travel in style with traveling and growler. we now, are back, back listeners as we wrap up here We continue our summer of shunning. It is like 90s this week in Western New York in September. Crazy. Thanks, global warming. But that means the summer of shunning continues. So let's do some shunning. Tony, this is a guy who I think is like the poster child for the shun. And that's who I'm giving it to this week. And that is Tom Brady. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Not for anything football related. We can shun Tom Brady for the rest of our lives. That's he deserves it all. He deserves all the shunning he gets. But this week, it was announced that Sean, or Sean, Tom Brady has been named and hired by Delta Airlines, not as a spokesman, not as a celebrity endorser, but as a legitimate internal strategic partner for Delta Airlines. Delta CEO is bringing Tom Brady in. To teach employees about leadership and oh my such. gosh, it is Make me vomit. the dumbest thing. Yes, that is the initial reaction. Make me vomit again. Tom Brady, you're retired. Just go away. What do you have to do with Delta Airlines? What do you get out of this? What does anyone get out of this? I swear to god, if I'm on a plane and they're doing the pre-flight safety video and Tom Brady's face pops up on that screen mm-hmm. i am i am i'm feeling going unsafe to pull, i'm gonna be I'm feeling unsafe uh i'm gonna do like a um a, a gay lord fokker and yell bomb on a plane or something i don't like get wow. me off that okay. plane if i see tom brady's face um i think it was very funny that tom brady got named a a strategic partner from delta airlines the same week that a plane had to Turn back mid-flight because a person had a massive diarrhea episode. <laughs> like, did that episode where there was diarrhea all over the aisles of the plane? <laughs> quite the uh, quite the images online. Uh, did that cause Delta to bring in Tom Brady to teach people how to deal with a diarrhea-like situation? That would make sense. That would make sense. That's the only reason I could see an airline uh, bringing Tom Brady. Tom knows. In. Tom know knows his way around
1: a diary situation. He's got kids.
0: He's got kids. I'm sure, they, kisses, I'm sure he's those kids. Had on the his interaction
1: that's that's kind of where I was going with this. Yes. <laughs> that's where I was going. But of course, obviously.
0: Hit him where it so, hurts. Hit him where it hurts. Uh, so that is my shun this week. Tom Brady and Delta Airlines. You're you're shunned. I feel like we need a um like a sound bite. You know, like Shock Jack Radio is like has like a command thing and it's like it'll do a sound bite. it's like we need like one of like you're shunned
1: <laughs> yeah that fits the personality of the podcast spot on that's exactly <laughs> it
0: shock jock yeah we're going shock jock with it uh, tony do you have a shun this week i have a shun
1: i, I am shunning the Winnix corporation yes.
0: because something
1: so as i said at the well i don't know if i said to you before the show or if i said it while we were recording uh but i am struggling I, my uh, my HD antenna is not yielding NBC, so I have no idea what's happening in the game right now. Spectrum. And I would have liked to have watched it, of course. What? It's Spectrum. They're controlling everything.
0: They cancel ESPN now. They're controlling your satellite.
1: You think they're controlling? You think they're controlling the, uh, the airwaves? Yeah. The government. The government regulated digital airwaves. That's what you think is yep. happening. It's okay. all a conspiracy. <laughs> well, well, in trying to do that. So I also have uh, sort of like near the TV, I have a a, uh, air purifier that's going. Mm -hmm. And the problem with the air purifier is that when I press the buttons to try and turn it to NBC, like the remote is weirdly on the same remote frequency laser beam stuff as the air purifier. So when I press one to go to channel 10 NBC, the uh, air purifier goes down to one speed. And every time I press one on my TV remote, the air purifier changes. Uh, The air purifier changes the thing. And then if I press three, the air purifier turns right off.
0: Wow! What a conundrum. (laughs) Isn't
1: that wild? I know that is wild. wild? Like as I'm as I'm playing with it now, like I'm I'm adjusting the air purifier speed, but I'm also going to channel one twenty three slash three on my TV, which is no
0: signal. It's like I want to watch the opening kickoff. Of the Chiefs Lions, but I have to live in a contagion situation if I do. <laughs> like, yeah. What yeah. do I do? <laughs>
1: right. What do I do? Am I willing to put the air quality at, at risk? I'm willing to put my own lungs right. at risk here. I don't know. I'm in the basement. It's probably a disaster like, down here.
0: I mean, between you, you've dealt with a lot of air quality issues between the Canadian wildfires, the air purifier, the wasps yeah. controlling the oh, air. Oh, yeah. If
1: we had wasps in the house, yes, they can have yeah. yeah, like, they oh, like, do you, we put that? Yes, you, they you, control
0: the air. Yes. <laughs> their wings. Control floppy, the airspace through. around my house. <laughs> yes, uh, you've had an issue with air quality uh, these past couple months. Yeah, the air our, is, prayers the up air for Tony listeners. It. Thank you, I appreciate that.
1: We're gonna open a GoFundMe uh, for my air issues. <laughs> Find yes. solutions. Throw some money at the problems.
0: We should. That'd be that'd be very funny. Uh, we we can we can uh, we can have a link uh, on our Zaddies for Josh Allen page. <laughs> If you're a zaddy for Josh Allen and want to contribute to Tony's air quality, click this link. I love this. It's a very niche, I, yeah, it's a very like, niche like demographic.
1: Any, yeah, I like any scenario where I'm painted as like a victim that we have to reach out
0: to. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, don't we all? I like to play yeah. the victim card. Yeah, so uh, fuck you, Winnix. I'm shunning you. Shunning Winnix. You're shunned. See? It works. We just need a you're like, quality soundbite. <laughs> You've been shunned. Uh, let's wrap up. Let's wrap up the episode, though. Thank you to our sponsor, of course, Traveling Growler, Quality Quality starting Sarah, just $5. Shop local, support local, travelinggrawler.com. Podcast store, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word, or go on the Google search Witty Not Funny, teespring. We're the first search result that comes up. Um, check out the t shirt store. Get your gear for this season now. You'll be the talk of your Bills watch party, tailgate, game attendance, whatever. People will notice you. at um, Which is all you about. ever wanted. We know it. <laughs> it's all you ever wanted. Um, get all the apparel, hoodies, t-shirts, long sleeve. We got it all. Crew next at the t-shirt or at the podcast store. Check it out today. Uh, where you find the podcast, you can find the podcast. Wherever you find podcasts or listen to for free, iTunes, Spotify, only on the Built in Buffalo podcast network at Built in buffalo underscore search waiting not funny search Built in buffalo. if you like us hit that subscribe we always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time we greatly appreciate it and thank you to all the listeners whether it's your first time or 138th time listening to this podcast thank you for tuning in uh and thank you for all the feedback from last week for our interview with daryl williams awesome interview so thank you for all that listened to that podcast as well twitter handles tony Where can listeners find you if you're still on Twitter X or where can they find you on blue sky? You
1: can find me on blue sky at Buffalo Sabres and you can find me. Well, you can interact with a dormant social media account that does exist on X (laughs) still technically. And that is at Tony Ambrose. Not
0: verified. Or
1: at Tony J Ambrose equally as dormant.
0: (laughs) Both dormant. (laughs) By the podcast at Woody sports 716 Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, or X, whatever. I'm still calling it Twitter. Um, we have funny sports on TikTok and Facebook. Follow us on all the social medias. We love following back, love connecting with the Buffalo sports community out there. So hit that follow. Uh, and that's all I got. Tony, we're not doing send offs. So you just want to throw the regular send off at him?
1: Yeah, I'll let you do the honors.
0: Thank you. Appreciate that. As we always say, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Go, Bills. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. See huh? ya. You're J-E-T-F, sucks, sucks. Well, Sean. J E T X X
1: X. Marshawn is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain
0: restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is
1: still swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it it, it kind of
0: looks like a football, actually. It, Thank you for it's, that. Stitching, you yeah. got it. Thank you. Well, I, Hey D, I like donuts, baby, let's go uh, Stay focused, um, work hard in school, you might not like school, but make sure you're working hard in school It build a bomb. it build a bomb. It's your boy DM3 and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network